0: It's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary
1: Healthline. Good morning and welcome to the St. Mary Healthline. Here on WBCB. Great to be with you. And today we are joined by Dr. Ronald Gorin, an infectious disease specialist at St. Mary Medical Center. And I think today's topic, an especially important one, and As I say that, all the topics that we cover here on the Healthline are important, but maybe this one just has more of a general interest for people out there listening. Before we get into uh, our discussion, we're going to kind of focus on Lyme disease, and that's why I think it's a topic of interest to many people. Everyone goes outdoors, and people have been thinking about and talking about Lyme disease for many years. We're going to get to the bottom and get to some good answers with Dr. Gorin, Before we uh, ask him about Lyme disease, Dr. Gorin, what what brought you to St. Mary Medical Center? Tell us a little bit about your background and how a doctor becomes an infectious disease specialist.
0: Well, I've always had an interest in biology. That's one of the reasons I went into medicine, and I always wanted to be a doctor, and I particularly liked uh, uh, biology and and bacteriology and those sorts of things. And... um, and uh, I just naturally gravitated. It was something I really enjoyed uh, reading about, learning about, and taking care of people about. And it's been a very gratifying career for me. I really have enjoyed it, and I've helped a lot of people. And, and, um, and that's really how I got to where I was. I, my father was my idol. My grandfather was a physician, too. He was one of my idols. And, and here I am doing the same thing. So I, it's been a wonderful career, and I've enjoyed it, I've enjoyed it a lot.
1: Well, great to have you with us today. And uh, as we talk talk about infectious disease, I would imagine you've been a little bit busier uh, than normal with the COVID-19 situation and all of the work that surrounds that issue. We're going to, again, focus on Lyme disease today, but coronavirus still an issue, still something people should be thinking about and um, acting accordingly.
0: You know, I absolutely agree. I think uh, we here in the northeast have done a great job in what they call flattening the curve we've we we were told to lock down but we've done a wonderful job wearing our masks and maintaining social distance <clears throat> and i think uh, and as we open up as the spring and summer here and people want to get out and do things that yeah that's great being outside doesn't increase your risk for it But I'd like to urge everybody that it is still here. We're still seeing about 100 cases a day in Bucks County. And and, and if we're seeing 100 cases a day, we have the testing. There's got to be four or five times more out there. So it's around. And I would urge people to continue to try to maintain social distance, wear a mask, whether a surgical mask or a cloth mask, a cotton mask. Um, And try to be, and when especially when you get into crowded situations, like you have to go to the supermarket or to a store or an indoor situation or even an outdoor crowd, um, you want to make sure you and the people around you are wearing masks. The mask, most importantly, protects you from somebody else. If somebody else is wearing that mask and either has symptoms or is spreading the virus without symptoms, um, then that mask protects you. It, it keeps the it keeps it in the mask, and that's the most important thing I can urge people: is just maintaining the, a little bit of social distance, three to six feet, and and wear a mask, especially when you're out around and about with 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 other people. And I think we, we'll all get through this, uh, uh, you know, without too much trouble. And you can see in the areas where they didn't have it in the South and the Southwest, people are being a little too cavalier, and they're starting to see more cases. So that's what I can say. I wouldn't worry too much about touching things. That seems not to be the way people are worried about getting it these days. It's being close to people who have it, whether they have symptoms or not.
1: So uh, much of our discussion today, uh, I think may touch on coronavirus as we talk about Lyme disease and maybe comparing and contrasting those two situations. Uh, Dr. Gorin, yeah. what is Lyme disease and how can it spread? I mean, I think we all kind of know ticks are involved, right? It's involved uh, getting right. bitten by a right. tick.
0: There, There is a tick we have in the Northeast and in the upper Midwest in the Wisconsin, Michigan area called Ixodes scapularis or the black leg tick or the deer tick. Um, it's a very small tick. It's usually the, the nymph which causes most of our damage is one to two millimeters in diameter. And uh, and we can talk later about how to protect yourself from them. But uh, that tick carries uh, the organism that causes Lyme disease, which is Borrelia burgdorferi. Not important you remember the name. Um, and a couple other diseases as well that people can get. Uh, if we have time, we can touch on them. Anaplasma and, and Babesia and um, the Powassan virus. But again, Lyme disease is the one we're gonna concentrate on today. Um, and what happens is that tick bites you, um, and it, it uh, lives in the wild. When you walk down into a wild, wooded area, it, that the nymph can actually sense your, your exhalations, your breathing out, it senses your carbon dioxide and jumps from a branch to you. And, and once it gets on you, it, it takes a blood meal. And as we'll talk about later, it doesn't really transmit the disease till it's been on at least 24 to 48 hours. So one of the tricks we'll talk about later is to try to inspect yourself and children and make sure you don't have any ticks. If you get it off properly, then you won't get Lyme disease. Um, and so what it does is it injects a tick into you and then it, it, um, it, it takes off. It, obviously this then would be in this area, it's, it's fairly common. Um, and the, the 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 ticks are are in this area. So, what time of the year do we get it? Somewhere between May and October, as it warms up and the ticks become more prevalent, um, that's the time of year we start worrying about it. Right about now is when we should be worried about people having Lyme disease.
1: And when we, you know, what is Lyme disease like? Talking about coronavirus, right. well, you know, we, we call so it so a much. virus. I mean, right. is it a bacteria? Right. What, you know, what, how oh, would you? Oh, yeah,
0: I'm sorry. It's a bacteria. I apologize. It's a bacteria. I sort of take these things for granted. That I shouldn't. It's Borrelia burgdorferi. It's not a virus. It's a it's a it's a bacteria that, as I said, resides in the in the in the um, in the, uh, uh, the tick. And as the tick takes its blood meal, it injects it into you. And what happens? Well, the symptoms can be anywhere from two days to about three weeks. The average is somewhere around seven days. And so the most common thing that people get is what they call erythema migrans or EM. This is a rash that people will get. And usually it starts at the site of the tick bite. And the tick bite can be in really odd areas. Ticks like to be warm, dark areas. So what they do is they land on your clothes, they crawl underneath. They land under your arm, or along your hairline, um, along your belt line, in very odd areas on your body, um, behind the knees sometimes. Um, and what they do is they inject the, the bacteria. Now, the bacteria is now in your system, and it's working on you. Erythema migrans is a rash that occurs at the site of the tick bite. And it starts as a little red area, and it gradually increases and can become very large. It's certainly more than about two inches in diameter. Sometimes it'll have a target-like configuration to it, like a bullseye. Um, Sometimes it's all red. Sometimes it's an expanding ring. It tends not to be painful or itchy. And if you're not paying attention, you may not even notice this thing. Um, And a physician should be able to diagnose it pretty much just by looking at it. Um, that occurs in 70 to 80% of people who have uh, Lyme disease, and, and people who get that can be treated very promptly, and they'll get better without any issues. We can talk about that in a bit. Um, but, again, it's important to pay attention and look at yourself periodically and make sure you don't see anything like this or have your, a family member. Uh, you know your spouse or whoever and certainly on your children you keep an eye on that thing and just make sure you don't see anything because we all live in an area up here where there's there the woods and there's deer and there's ticks and so it becomes a very prevalent uh, very prevalent problem Um, Uh, other things that Lyme disease can do is cause a a kind of a low-grade flu-like illness there's not usually high fever but there's achy and joint pain, you know, can be mixed up with other things this time of year um, and uh, uh, other things that people can get with that. You can get multiple lesions, so they have lesions, three or four lesions scattered throughout your body. Some people will get terrible headache and can, can have a form of a brain infection with the Lyme disease. Uh, the most common other thing that we see is uh, a joint disease. People will get aching in their joints that can last on and off for long periods of time and every once in a while. And, and, and the other common thing we see in joints is a, a large joint will get very swollen. Uh, the knee is the most common one, but it can occur in the ankle, the TM joint, the shoulder, any joint in the body, but most commonly the knee. And very characteristically, these joints are full of fluid and they can be mistaken for just a runner or an athlete who gets irritated. Uh, uh, but they have a lot of fluid, but they're not very painful. Uh, uh, they're not they don't hurt to move it but you get a lot of fluid so if you suddenly develop a a swollen joint in this time of year that could be a sign of Lyme disease. Um, Severe headache could be a sign of Lyme disease. Uh, The rash we talked about could be a sign of Lyme disease and palpitations could be a sign of Lyme disease. On occasion, Lyme can cause irregularities of the heartbeat and what they call heart block. so your heart's not beating exactly correctly. This could be easily picked up on a cardiogram in the hospital if you feel like you have palpitations.
1: Dr. Goren, how common is Lyme disease? I mean, how could these deer ticks be found basically anywhere in Pennsylvania and they're, New Jersey? They're
0: all, yeah, they're all over uh, the Northeast. I mean, they uh Connecticut, uh, 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 Boston, Connecticut, uh, uh, New York, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, uh, uh, northern and, and uh, out to western Pennsylvania and further down the eastern seaboard a little bit. And also these same ticks are up in the upper Midwest, as I said, northern Wisconsin, and sometimes in Michigan as well, you can see these ticks. So it's a very common thing in this area, as is the black leg tick. Um, You know, we have lots of deer, and and there's these these, uh, black-footed mice that kind of help the the tick transmit the virus because the tick live on these mice, too, Um, uh, and that's how how it spreads around the
1: area. If you do get bit by one of these deer ticks, Dr. Gorin, are you definitely going to get Lyme disease? No,
0: absolutely not. Probably uh, one in a uh, thousand that actually bites you. And as I said, we'll, we can talk about this. If you get that tick off in 24 hours, you will not get Lyme disease. So that's, that's one of the tricks you can use to protect yourself and your family is taking that tick off as soon as possible. Um, and, but, but it's not uncommon in this area at all.
1: Well, as you said, this is the time of year where we should be thinking about Lyme disease, people going out more often. And when we continue with the St. Mary Healthline, we're going to talk with Dr. Ronald Gorin about just how you uh, you protect yourself and, and some of the treatments that are out there and available to help those that are going through uh, this really tough Lyme disease situation. We'll talk about that as we continue with the St. Mary Healthline right after this welcome back to the saint
2: mary health line fix yours the saint mary cardiovascular team stands ready to save your life in ways that are safer faster less invasive and sometimes extraordinary you see that's our mission to treat you with brilliant technology and simple human kindness Call 8447 St. Mary or visit stmaryhealthcare.org/slash heart.
0: A flawless occasion begins at the Capitol Grill. From the moment you step into the Capitol Grill, located in the heart of Center City, the experience is one of comfortable elegance. Whether you're looking to host a private affair, a perfect lunch stop, or dinner destination, start your occasion at the Capitol Grill today. Visit thecapitolgrill.com or call 215-545-9588. That's 215-545-9588 for the Capitol Grill, Center City.
1: We now return to St. Mary Healthline. Welcome back to the St. Mary Healthline here on WBCB. Good morning. Great to be with Dr. Ronald Gorin, an infectious disease specialist at St. Mary Medical Center, and answering a lot of questions about Lyme disease. And I think there's a lot of conflicting information, and we try to cut through the misinformation and the the disinformation that's out there and talk a little bit about uh, how people can get to the facts. And you can do that through uh, St. Mary Medical Center if you're listening to us interested in learning more, you can go online to trinityhealthma.org. Again, that's trinityhealthma.org, a website that is full of great info about the Lyme disease and much, much more. As uh, Dr. Gorin, what kind of treatments are available? And, you know, even before we get to that, do patients have a different, um, uh, kind of a different Lyme disease experience uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of like yeah. every, we're all different. So, of course, everyone is going to have right. a different experience. But it seems like um, you hear some people really um, are, are knocked out by this and, and others. Now, maybe it's just anecdotes, right? Maybe it's just people who didn't really have Lyme disease. They got bitten by a tick. And, you know, I do think there's some of that out there as well. Right. So,
0: again, as I said, 70 or 80 percent of people will present with that rash and most of them have no other symptoms. Uh, about 20 or 30% will have some aching and headache and joint pain that goes along with it, and they may have more than one lesion. If you get the Lyme disease early, if you find that rash and you're, you get in touch with your doctor and he puts you on appropriate medication, you will get better, and, and, and some people may have a short period of fatigue and, um, and achiness, but it, you will get better. The key thing is recognize what you have, get on the appropriate therapy. Um, it is the same for other forms of Lyme disease. Once you diagnose it, um, if you have the, the heart block, if you have uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the cranial manifestations, CNS manifestations like meningitis, and some people can even get a Bell's palsy, you know, where you have a droopy mouth, that's a possibility for Lyme disease as well, or the arthritis, if diagnosed promptly and treated, most people will recover completely. There are, however, uh, some people who feel they have what's called chronic Lyme disease, and, and um, that's a very difficult subject. There are a lot of different opinions on that. Um, I, I go with the established medical uh, opinion based on evidence base that, that most of the people who have chronic Lyme disease may not indeed have Lyme disease. I, I, I apologize if I offend anybody. I only have to go with what I know is evidence-based, um, and those people may need another diagnosis, um, uh, and, but, but uh, we, we do know that people with chronic Lyme disease who have ongoing fatigue and pain and discomfort, there's been numerous studies looking at the treatment of these with antibiotics, and antibiotics do not change the course of those. So that's a whole different thing I'd rather not get into today. I'd, I'd rather talk about how we can recognize the acute phase, get treated and get better, and maybe avoid uh, getting it. Um, The treatment of the early symptoms of Lyme disease, the EM rash, uh, and some of the other manifestations we discussed, the joint pain is quite successful, and it's it's easy to do. Uh, Your doctor would most commonly prescribe a form of tetracycline called doxycycline, uh, D-O-X-Y-C-Y-C-L-I-N-E. It's, it, it's taken 100 milligrams twice a day for anywhere from 10 to 20 days, depending on what symptoms you have, and it should make you better. The only caveat in the summertime is it can it photosensitize you to the sun, so you want to be a little careful when you're on that medicine. Uh, another drug that's commonly used is amoxicillin, a common form of penicillin that everybody's aware of. Uh, there's some other drugs that can use that can be used, but they're the two most common and most effective drugs we have to treat Lyme disease. And again, if caught early, 99% of people will get better and not have any further issues.
1: So, um, so, so that's Dor-
0: that's the important thing for people to remember.
1: Is it a matter if is it, it do you get a worse uh, result the longer that bacteria is unaddressed? Uh, as you're saying, if you can. Uh, remove the yeah, tick.
0: Yeah, I, I, if it's not diagnosed promptly and it's allowed to move up the food chain, it may take longer for you to get better. There's no question about it.
1: Uh, what and about so
0: again? You want to try to go ahead?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, Lyme disease for your pets. I mean, we're we're marking down all of the safety tips for ourselves here, and uh, maybe checking the backs of our knees and th- those types of things as we uh, listen well, to me, the let show. Let me
0: give you a, a quick, a quick, number of tricks that pr- help prevent you get the, uh, the ticks. And then I can mention pets. I'm not a vet, but I can mention pets. Yeah. Uh, So one thing to look at if you want to learn how to avoid ticks and mosquitoes is go to cdc.gov, cdc.gov, and just type in mosquitoes or ticks, and there's lots of information about how to prevent uh, uh, you and your family getting Lyme disease. One of the things you can do is you can use a a substance like DEET, D-E-E-T, which is a, a safe any tickicide that you can spray on yourself or on children if you know you're going to be in a wooded area or an area where you could be exposed to ticks. You can also get a substance called permethrin that you can put on your clothes That so when the tick jumps on it, that it will kill the tick. Uh, again, I, I urge people to go up to the CDC.gov and look at that. It gives you all the information you need. When you're out in a wooded area or playing outside in an area that's a little bit wild, not necessarily in your backyard, you want to inspect yourself when you go in the house. You look in those areas under your arm. It's a very small tick, but it's not you. It hangs off. You look behind your knees. You look at your waistline. Check your kids along the hairline. And if you see a tick, you just take a tweezers and put it parallel to the skin grab the tick by its its front parts and pull up that's all you have to do i've heard stories about lighting with gasoline you know putting gasoline on it and lighting a match to it don't do that just a tweezers between the skin and the tick and pull it up if there's a little piece left in there your skin will kick it out and if you get it out right away you cannot get Lyme disease it won't happen
1: well, Dr. Um, Goren, this is perfect. I think everybody now has that CDC website on their computer with all of this uh, coronavirus uh, oh, stuff great, going on. Very so. good.
0: More, Even more information than I gave you. There's a lot more information that you can do and help protect yourself and your family. But the key is inspecting yourself. And, and if you see the tick, just take it off. That's all you got to do.
1: Cdc.gov. Yes. Dr. Gorin, what about a comparison? right now we see all these coronavirus numbers, the number of cases, the number of deaths unfortunately. Uh, how about with um, uh, Lyme disease over a typical year? Any idea of in the United States how many cases of Lyme disease there are how many uh,
0: I you know I, I can tell you in one second, that, and I, don't, I have trouble keeping those kinds of numbers in my head. Well, um, and is it the, is it but, the but type of thing which... I will tell you this, yeah. Lyme, disease is, is, uh, Lyme disease is not contagious. The big problem with something uh, like uh, uh, coronavirus is you spread it by talking and coughing and breathing and uh, injecting par- particles of the virus that other people can bring in and, and get infected with. The only way to get Lyme disease is be bit by a tick. There's no other way. So you have to be in that area. You have to have um, you have to have contact with the tick. Uh, and uh, just so people know, you, there are rumors that it could be spread by breast milk or sexually. That's absolutely untrue. There's no reason to think about that. You can only get it from um, from having a tick. Um,
1: you know, Dr. Gorin, sometimes looking... in discussions about malaria, right, they talk about what we can do with the mosquito population. And I know sure. you're looking at those sure. numbers right now. Any discussion about what we could do about these deer ticks from, like, an eco perspective? Yeah, a I don't know. Eco that, perspective? That's
0: a hard question. Yeah, that's a hard question. They're, uh, because, you know, they're, they're trying different things, like, uh, to, to try to prevent the mosquitoes. And and the same thing. You can do certain things to prevent mosquitoes in your neighborhood, by making sure you don't have standing water and using certain chemicals to prevent the mosquitoes from breeding in that water. Um, But but with ticks, it's not like that. If you have deer and you have the black-footed mice, which we all have, and you're going to have the ticks. I mean, they're here. And there's nothing we can do to uh, prevent them from coming through. I, I guess you can get rid of the deer because the adults live on the deer and they need that to survive. But the mouse is an interesting thing. I mean, the mouse of the the, the larval and nymphal ticks get infected through the the mice. The mice have the disease, but don't get sick. So when an uninfected tick bites the mice, it it gets infected and now it can grow and it can infect a a human being. and, And subsequently an infected tick can infect the mice. And so there's a cycle where the mice infects the tick and the tick infects the mice. How can you break that cycle? There are some ideas. Um, one thing you can do is there's something called daminex Tubes. You can find that on the CDC website. It's available at hardware stores and garden shops. It's a little tube that the mice can run into and protect themselves from the weather and from predators. And also they have cotton in those things soaked in permethrin, which is a tickicide. And the mice take the cotton and take it back to their dens, or they rub on it in the tube, and it actually will kill the ticks on the mice. And that's something you can do by putting them, if your, your property is backed up to a wild area, you can get these tubes and put them around your property. They're not terribly expensive, um, and it's one way that you can help keep the tick population and the mice a tick population down in the area around your, your property. Unfortunately, when you go, like, to a park or you're running in, uh, in, in the park uh, and you're on a path with, with the bushes on either side of you, there's very little you can do now, the CDC says wear long sleeves and long pants, but, you know, that's just not practical in the summer. Right. Um, and so, you know, again, mm. to inspect yourself, make sure you don't see it. If you see it, take it off. You're clear. If you're really going to be out there cleaning ground and getting down and dirty in the in a wild area where you, it, it gets yourself some deets, spray it on you, spray some permethrin on your clothes, and that should help protect you as well. Um, it's... Um, what? It's here to stay, and we're not going anywhere with it. Well, Dr. I because we moved out into the country, we want to be out there with everybody, and we want to be out in the wild area, and so, you know, we have to live with nature.
1: Dr. Gorin, great to have you with us. Infectious disease specialist here on the health line today as we're going through this whole coronavirus situation today, talking about Lyme disease and how our listeners can stay safe and some tips to avoid getting those deer ticks and stuff. But when we talk about coronavirus right now, everybody's focused on a vi- a vaccine. A- any chance, right. with the bacteria thing, that a-, a vaccine could be developed to defeat Lyme well, disease? Well, interest-
0: interestingly enough, we had a vaccine. Uh, I think it came out in the 90s. It's been some time since I thought about it. We had a vaccine. It was about 70 or 80% effective. It was a very clever vaccine. Um, uh, it worked, uh, and what happened was a certain percentage of people got a lot of symptoms, not unlike chronic Lyme disease, and began to seek legal remedies because they got the vaccine, and it became a pariah, and the, the, uh, C, the, the vaccine maker said, you know what, we, we, we don't want to spend the money to, to, to defend ourselves anymore, we're just going to get rid of the vaccine, And um, everybody I know got it did well. I was a little disappointed that they took it off the market. And as far as I know, there is no further vaccine in development for Lyme disease any way, shape, or form. It's a long story, and if we ever do this again, I can give you some more information about what happened with that. Uh, but but unfortunately, it was removed from the market.
1: I mean, really, what I think to be just a fascinating topic in general, I mean, maybe that's one of the things that drew you into uh, the infectious disease oh, specialty absolutely. is that there is, yeah. I mean, each of these... Uh, situations has almost uh, a story unto itself, uh, including, of course, Lyme disease, as we've been talking uh, here today with Dr. Ronald Gordon. We are out of time, unfortunately. I feel like we got uh, a lot more we could talk about, but people just need to uh, stay aware and uh, look out for those deer ticks when they're out and about, apply the DEET, and uh, uh, do all those protective things that uh, you've been indicating.
0: And check out that CDC site. It's very good. They have a lot of information for, for non-medical people to help you get through this. And, again, they'll help you with mosquitoes, too. They do a lot about mosquitoes and mosquito-borne illnesses in this area as well. So it's a very, very good site to go see.
1: Well, that's another thing. The uh, West Nile is another, right, right, that would fall into the same infectious disease sure. type of category. Uh, maybe we sure. can have you back to talk about that or to talk further about Absolutely. Lyme disease or any other topic. Great to my have pleasure. you. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Gorin. And thanks to our listeners uh, for checking out the St. Mary Medical Center. If you would like more information about what we've been talking about or any other health topic, you can go to trinityhealthma.org. That's trinityhealthma.org. Thanks to Dr. Gorin, and thank you for being with us, hanging out on WBCB for the St. Mary Healthline.
2: Pain is the enemy. Motion is victory. So the St. Mary Orthopedic Team replaces knees and hips. We mend spines. We mend people with brilliant technology and simple human kindness. So you can go home faster and happier. That's our mission. Call eight four four seven saint mary or visit stmaryhealthcare.org slash ortho.